1: Greetings, and it's meeting time. Today, we're going to continue our introduction of the 10th step of recovery. We continue to take a personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Let me emphasize, our meetings aren't to be an in-depth study of these 12 steps, but an introduction, an insight of God's healing power through his written word. And that's where these 12 life-changing principles are birthed. Now, before we begin, let me remind you that to keep this meeting on air and share God's teaching with you, there's a financial obligation that must be met each month. And I fund this meeting myself along with some regular listeners. Now, for your knowledge, all outside meetings pass a basket around to receive a collection to pay for their rental space. Well, I can't pass a basket. But at the end of this meeting, I'll tell you how you can support Christians with secret addictions and keep this meeting ongoing. Folks, I really need your help financially so that we can continue to help others, so that we can help you. Look, if your life is spiraling out of control because of substance abuse or any type of emotional darkness, if you're feeling helpless and hopeless, That's why we're here. We're here for you. And we pray that our meetings will inspire you to join us on this journey of restoration by drawing closer to the saving power of Jesus Christ, applying his instructions to your life. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind and find this new way of life. Listen, we all have a master. It's either God or Satan. And as I've said many times, there's no doubt in my mind that addiction is demonic. Satan lures us like a spider to his web, promising pleasure, power, and happiness. But the end result is being enslaved by Satan's control, much like the spider's prey, leading to a physical, mental, and spiritual death sentence. I was enslaved to Satan's sinful addiction for decades. Today I speak to you with over 28 years of recovery and healing and I'm still a slave but a slave of God. In Romans 6:22 the apostle Paul teaches, "But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God." Look, those of us that follow this Christian journey of restoration are making God our master. We're no longer helpless prey of Satan's, but hopeful, joyful, grateful children of God. Please hear me. When you turn your life over to God by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you confess and repent from your sins, when you start working on your recovery by applying these biblical principles to your life, when you seek out a Bible teaching church, when you seek out 12-step recovery meetings, God will be with us each step of the way. God will clear away your destructive patterns of life and replace them with healthy patterns, healthy desires, and he will never stop fighting for you in this spiritual warfare. He'll break the demonic chains of bondage and the power that Satan may be controlling your life with. And God will enslave you with his love, grace, mercy, and healing. And this miracle of recovery, they're all available to you this very day. Amen? I don't know, but keeping us on air and connecting with us each week sounds like a no-brainer to me. Now, if you're just joining us, you need to know that we revisit these 12 steps over and over again, and you can hear previous meetings and steps by going to our Facebook, Christians with Secret Addictions, PGH, and link on to our podcast. Now, before we review step 10, let's catch you up. Let me recap a short version of what we experienced by applying the first nine steps in our lives. Step one through three, we admit that we're powerless. We cannot do this on our own. But God can, and we're going to let him. And these three steps get us clean and sober. Steps four through nine includes a written inventory of our sins and wrongdoings during our act of addiction. Surveying the damage we've caused to ourselves and others. Confession, making amends, seeking forgiveness and forgiving others. And these steps teach us how to stay clean. We do a lot of work in these first nine steps. But unfortunately, too many people feel like their work is done at this point, that they're healed. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to think. Remember, Satan is a liar, a thief, and a murderer. And he has many weapons to stall our spiritual journey. He'll pull us back into a satanic web of addiction, one of which is pride. He'll whisper in our ear, you're not like those other addicts anymore. You're cured. But in Proverbs, King Solomon warns us, pride goes before destruction, haughtiness. That's arrogance before the fall. The evil one wants us to stop working on ourselves and settle for a nine step program. He wants us to forget the powerful pull of addiction. And then his whispers, they become a roar, bombarding our minds with lies that revert us back to selfishness, resentments, dishonesty, fear. Eventually we lose our way and we find ourselves relapsing back into this abyss of addiction. That thought makes me shudder. So how do we prevent this fall? How do we prevent Satan's carnage from resurfacing in our lives? Simply stated, recovery doesn't end with step nine. Step 10 through 12 must be applied to our lives. You see, these three principles teach us how to live clean and sober, and they equip us with spiritual weapons to be able to tell Satan, get behind thee. Now, having said all that, let's continue discovering the life lessons in step 10. Last week, we discovered three major components to this principle. Number one, continuation. These are not 12 steps to a finish line. Lamentations 340 exhorts us, examine our ways, test them, and return to the Lord. In essence, our self-appraisal must continue on this never-ending journey of recovery. Number two, admit our wrongs. We're human. We're going to make mistakes and to rid ourselves of guilt and shame and take the weapons of relapse out of Satan's arsenal, we must admit when we're wrong. We must right our wrongs. Number three, perseverance. With the leading of the Holy Spirit, we must hold on to our course of action with tenacity and steadfastness as we ingest God's spiritual principles into our inner being. Now, today, let's review another key element in this step, and that's the word promptly. When we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. In the past, polluted with pride and denial, we would never humble ourselves to admit our wrongs. Listen, taking immediate action when we're wrong is a major piece in this recovery process. And that takes us to the scripture I ask you to reference, James 1, 21 through 25. And a Bible commentary references these scriptures as looking in the mirror. Think about this. When we look in the mirror and we see that our face is dirty, we need a shave or our lipstick is smeared. Wouldn't we promptly clean up this problem? Well, James uses a similar illustration to show how God's word and these 12 principles should be like a spiritual mirror in our life. He pens, get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your soul. But don't just listen to God's word, but be doers of the word. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like looking in the mirror, walk away and forget what you see. But if you look carefully into the law that sets you free and do what it says, God will bless you. So what are we to learn from James? How do we rid ourselves of this filth and evil that may be residue from our past addictive lifestyle? or our wrongdoings that affect the lives of others this very day? And these answers, they're all in the Bible. The Bible was God's instrument guiding us through these 12 steps of recovery to save our souls through the saving grace of Jesus Christ and save us from the damage Satan can cause in our lives. Unfortunately, too many of us we have dust on our Bibles. We keep shut the healing miracle of God, or we read the Bible without letting it speak to us. My friends, there's no virtue in possessing a Bible and read it as literature or in an academic way without being affected by it. It's easy to read the Bible or these 12 steps of recovery casually because of a sense of duty, without any change in our lives. And this type of pride or apathy prevents any spiritual progress. Listen, we must go to the word with a submissive, humble heart and expect to hear from God. In Psalm 25, 9, David pens, he leads the humble in doing right, teaching him his way. And as God speaks to us, We must have a deep desire, humility, and willingness to obey his teaching and do whatever he instructs. James is teaching us that the Bible should be like a spiritual mirror in our lives. And you know what? This illustration supports this 10-step in which we make a routine personal inventory. You see, as we look into our spiritual mirror, examine our lives— We need to respond promptly if something has changed since we last look. Obeying our spiritual mirror and incorporating the 12 steps of recovery on a daily basis frees us from our old behaviors, illogical reason, and protects us from damaging our lives and the lives of others. And it will bring incalculable blessings to our soul. And I pray that the Bible, the mirror of God's word, opens your eyes and heart to change the things you can, accept the things you cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Next week, we're going to introduce step 11, that we sought through prayer meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out. We're going to learn the difference between hidden, sick, destructive secrets compared to hidden, positive, healing secrets. And I want you to reference Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11, and Psalm 27, verses 4, 5, 11, and 14. It's a lot of homework. Amen.